Right, good morning, everybody. Aren't you glad God is sending rain these days? What a great gift, right? Aren't you glad the lake is full? Yeah, we should say thank you to him. Let's do it. Lord, thanks so much for giving us rain. We love it. We love the fact that your generosity in that way is pouring out on us this year. And we're glad the lake is full. Thank you for that. Lord, thank you not only for giving us uh, literal water, but thank you for giving us living water. Thank you for yourself. Thank you that you are the one who comes in and fills up our lives. We need you. We love you. We want you. And we seek you out through Jesus. Amen. All right, you guys, have a seat, please. Good to see you today. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. And to you, my friend. Is it okay to wish men a happy Mother's Day? Yeah, right? I mean, we should have a happy day too, doing all this good mother stuff. It's awesome. So yeah, so if you're a mom, way to go. God bless you. If you're not a mom, God bless you. And if you're a man, God bless you too. Perfect. All right. So uh, let's see. Oh, we got some stuff going on. So uh, let me tell you about some stuff that's going on. Then we're going to talk a little bit about, I think, what God wants to hear about today. Uh, Some things... First one is for mothers. I want you to put, uh, actually, for women in general, not just mothers. This is, there's a thing called Girls Get Away. I want you to put it on your calendar. So like a save the date deal. It's not till September, but save the date. And ladies, go to this thing. It's, a, it's all about getting some women together and being able to hear from God and being touch, in touch with God there uh, in this place in Tahoe. It's going to be beautiful. So save the date and go to it. Good? Good. Okay, good. That's uh, good. Good. Uh, Let's see. What else? Oh, the next one is for ladies also. There's a men's breakfast next Saturday. (laughs) Tell your man to go. Tell him now. Come on, he'll be a better man if you tell him. All right, never mind. Hey, men, there's a men's breakfast next week. You should go. We've got a guest speaker. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be right here. (laughs) Okay, can see how this morning's going to go right off the bat. So uh, how about this? Next weekend, there's a baptism. It's all in the delivery, isn't it? It's my fault. It's not your fault. Stop blaming the audience. Yeah, so there's a baptism next weekend. And uh, I I believe Christians, when we go, there's a baptism, we ought to go, yeah, there's a baptism. It is the the coolest thing that we get to do as a a group of followers of Jesus because there are going to be some young believers there, young in age sometimes, sometimes just young in faith. And they're going to be baptized that day, which means they're going to... And by the way, we're doing this at Folsom Lake, which is full enough to have a baptism, which hadn't been true for a long time. So uh, we're going to have some uh, new believers, young believers in their faith. Uh, they're going to go under the water because they're going to say, I'm going to identify myself with Jesus in his death and his resurrection, and it's going to be amazing. And all the rest of us are going to gather around, have a picnic, have a barbecue, have a great time, and celebrate these people who are saying, I'm, I'm all in with Jesus. It is just the best celebration we get to do all year long. So that's next Sunday afternoon uh, after church, and so come and join us for that. Uh, we got another thing coming up in a couple of weeks called the Shape Work, uh, Class or the Shape Workshop. A lot of information on the front cover of Lakeside Life, so check that out. But here's the deal with this. I believe God has gifted every single one of us who, who is a follower of Jesus to do something in his kingdom. So we talk a lot at Lakeside about... Uh, this idea that our mission is to transform as many people as possible into passionate and productive followers of Jesus. You've heard that before. 
If, if, unless it's your first weekend, then you get a pass, okay? But we, we talk about that all the time. It's about life change. It's about transformation, and we want that for us. And so we want, we want you to be, grow up as passionate followers of Jesus. And most people get that. It's like, okay, I'm going to be passionate about Jesus. I'm going to be faith-filled. I'm going to do that. But then the productive side, sometimes we go, I don't know what that means, and I don't know what that looks like. How do I be productive for Jesus? Go to the Shape Workshop. It's all about how God has designed you because you are different than I am and I'm different than the person next to you. We all have different gifts. We all have a different shape from God. So people say to me sometimes like, Pastor Brad, I could never do what you do. I'm like, that's awesome because I could never do what you do. Right? Because God has gifted us differently and so that's a good thing. But sometimes you don't know what that shape is. You don't know how God has designed you and the Shape class is designed to help you figure it out. Why I've got friends here at Lakeside whose lives have been transformed just because they went to that class and figured out how God designed them. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Make sure you check that out. And last of all, before we uh, get on to some other stuff, last of all, uh, we got Blitz coming up. We got Blitz coming. There we are. Okay. And so, so here's the deal with this. On the week, uh, like this, the first full week of June this year, we have about 1,500 children that are scheduled to come onto our campus to learn about Jesus. 50, yeah, 1,500 children, right? That's amazing. Here's something. We have 350 middle school students signed up to serve others. There's a word for that. Well, that's one word. That's, yeah, awesome's a good word. There's another word for that. Miracle. <laughs> right, it's a miracle, right? I mean, we haven't seen this big a miracle at Lakeside since last year when we had 300 middle schoolers sign up for this. Now we've got 350 kids that are coming and saying, I'm going to give up my week this summer. I'm going to give it to others, to other children this summer. It's fantastic. And so Blitz is coming. A lot of children are going to hear the good news about Jesus that week. We've got some volunteer slots available still. So if you haven't signed up to volunteer, you can. Uh, we've got volunteer spaces still in the morning session uh, we got volunteers uh, spots in the evening session. We have people that take vacation from their job to be able to serve at Blitz uh, for a week. And so, it, you know, if you've never done it before, you're like, wow, people take vacation for this? Yeah, it's a good, good thing. So I'd love to see you come. Uh, Blitz camp for children is full in the morning session. We're doing a waiting list right now, but we got a lot of space in the evening program, a lot of space to bring your friends, your neighbors, the people from what we call your oikos that network of people around you that God has put right in the front row of your life so that you'll love them and care for them, invite them to come and join us for Blitz, okay? And last of all with that, there is an opportunity to give scholarships. We, last year we gave away about 70 scholarships, to, full scholarships to children to be able to come to Blitz. And uh, some of you go, hey, how do we do that? There's information in Lakeside Life today about how to do it. If you want to give generously in that way, that's up to you, and we'd love to have you participate if you want to. Good. Any questions? Oh, easy crowd. All right, cool. Well, let's see. It's Mother's Day. I want to pray for moms today. And by the way, I haven't said good morning to you guys in the family room yet, so I didn't forget about you. I've just been waiting. But um, good morning to you guys in the family room. Would you like to say good morning to them? That was a funny way of saying good morning. Woo, that's good. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, hey, I want to pray for moms today. I know I've learned this lesson over the years at Lakeside that Mother's Day is an interesting day. For most of us, it's like, hey, it's a fantastic celebration. We get to celebrate our moms among us and, you know, all the good stuff. And then I found out over the years that for some moms or for some women, it's kind of a painful day. We have some women that don't come to church on Mother's Day because they want to be moms, but they're not yet. And so it's just hard. I never realized that in my younger years. 
And uh, so I just want to pray for all the moms among us, all the, want, the women who want to be moms among us, those kinds of things. We're just going to pray together and ask God's grace. Okay, let's do that. Father, you're good to us, and one of the ways we know that is that you created this thing called motherhood, and we're really grateful for that. Lord, I'm grateful for my own mother. Uh, she's been gone now for about three years, and I miss her today. And there are people here in the room and in the family room who are missing their mom today, and so I pray for comfort for, for them and for a, a good memory um, good moments to remember from when their, li- their mom was with them in their life. Uh, Lord, we have some women among us, and maybe some who didn't come today because of the pain of this, but they would like to be a mom and they haven't been yet. And can I just pray for another miracle in that regard? You have the power to create the universe, Lord, and we believe that you have the power to provide children to those who so badly want to have a child. And so I pray that you'll uh, open up that blessing uh, to those women. Lord, thank you for the women among us who have become moms through, foster for, uh, through, through fostering a child or through adopting a child. What a gift to have a little child who needs a family and to say, there's room in our family for this one, and then they bring them in, and that's a great, beautiful thing. So bless those moms among us. And, Lord, bless the moms who are moms in blended families. That brings its own uh, unique things that come up. And I just pray for wisdom and grace and joy in the midst of that journey. And Lord, for all of the other moms among us, for all of them and for each of them, I pray that you would do something wonderful today. And not just today, but tomorrow and the, the next day and all this year. And I pray that the women who are moms would know that you have elevated their status in this world. That the role that they play as a mother is the most important thing they do. There's a lot of of other good stuff they do. But Lord, to influence a life as that life grows up is a beautiful thing. And so thank you for that. And thank you for the women who fill that role. Give them your blessing today, and Lord, bless us as we look into Scripture today and we think about uh, this wonderful thing you've created called mothers. Amen. So let's talk about mothers today. I'm going I'm to give you a Mother's Day talk, and some of you go, well, isn't that what pastors do on Mother's Day? And I have to tell you, no, this will be my first real, like, full-fledged Mother's Day talk in about 27 years. And I'm here at Lakeside almost every year on Mother's Day, but I just, about 27 or so years ago, when the church was very small and very young, I decided to give a Mother's Day talk on the subject of Deborah, who was one of the judges in Israel. Judge in that day wasn't like, you know, someone who sits in a black robe and has a gavel and tells people guilty or not. Not that, but um, a judge was a deliverer. A judge was a rescuer. And there's this judge in the book of Judges in the Old Testament. Her name was Deborah, and she's got this great story, and I told it 27 years ago. And the reaction was so bad to that message that I haven't done another Mother's Day talk since. So if it goes as badly today as it went 27 years ago, and I don't have 27 years left of ministry probably, and so this may be my last Mother's Day talk ever. <laughs> We're just going to see how it plays out today. So let's just see how this goes. I, I have been thinking lately about wonder. 
kind of wondering about wonder. And something, something came in my life recently, not my grandson, although that's wonderful. Uh, but something, I don't even know what it was, but something popped into my life and, I, and it just caused me to stop and wonder. And I think we check out of wonder so often in this world because we have so many scientific answers for things, so many scientific descriptions of things, so many engineered uh, understandings of things that we sometimes lose the wonder of life. And it just kind of, whatever, I don't even remember what the thing was. It just made me go back to the idea of there, there are wonderful things that God does. And God in his creation is wonderful. And he would like us to live wonder-filled lives. And one of the ways God has created for us to live a wonder-filled life is by creating mothers. I am personally related to three mothers these days. I've got a lot of relationships with mothers, but I'm personally related to three mothers. I'm related to the mother of my wife, I'm related to the mother of my children, and I'm related to the mother of my grandson. And I know some of you want to see pictures. (laughs) And you just got to refrain from asking that question because it's it's become one of those big temptations in my life. What? One, you want one? Wait for it. Did you think Mother's Day would pass without a picture of my... (laughs) You've not been hanging around if you think that. All right, but it's not yet. So I want to talk about wonder and the wonder of moms and the wonder of motherhood and some things. And I, I, sometimes I wonder what it's like to be a mother. I'm, I'm not a mother, never will be a mother. I, I wonder what it's like to be one. And sometimes I wonder like, what it's like to be a mother of like, some famous person. Like, I wonder what it was like to be the mother of Genghis Khan. <laughs> oh, or I wonder what it was like to be the mother of John Wayne pretending to be Genghis Khan. I'm pretty sure that's not what Genghis Khan looked like, but I wonder, I wonder what it was like to be the mother of Julius Caesar. <laughs> not that one, not that Julius Caesar, this one, yeah. Do you know that Julius Caesar was born by cesarean section? I'm not making that up. They, they named it after him, cesarean. You get that connection? Now, so here's my question. Why didn't they name it after his mom? She's the one. You know, she's the one, not him. I wonder. I wonder what it's like to be the mother of Solomon. Oh, there's Solomon, circa 1959. That's Yul Brynner with hair, by the way, in case you're old enough to know who Yul Brynner was. I didn't know he ever had hair. I thought he, I thought his, I thought he was born bald, right? I don't know. Solomon. So I wonder what it's like to be the mother of Solomon. So I wonder in Bathsheba's life, I wonder if she was more known as the mother of the wisest person in the world, or was she better known for being a woman who takes a bath on a roof? I wonder what it was like to be the mother of Hitler. No, not that Hitler, like as a baby. (laughs) That may be why he went bad. It was the haircut. I know. I wonder what it was like to be the mother of Abraham Lincoln. 
You, you can imagine what it was like to be the father of Abraham. Because fathers are kind of tough on their sons sometimes, you know. It's like dad's looking at Abraham's life, you know. It's like fail, 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 fail. And mom's in there somewhere don't, going, president, president. <laughs> I wonder what it was like to be the mother of Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein's dad used to tell a story. He says, yeah, Albert got his good looks from me because his mother still has hers. Here's one. I wonder what it was like to be the mother of Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I'd like to give birth to him. I wonder what it was like to be the mother of Mother Teresa. I mean, where did she learn that stuff? Where did she learn compassion? Where did she learn caring for the sick? Where did she learn caring for the dying, if not from her mother? I wonder, I wonder what it's like to be the mother of Hunter Pence. I wonder if she regrets naming him something that sort of rhymes with underpants. I wonder what it's like to be the mother of Steph Curry. <laughs> you know, oh, some of you got Steph Curry fans. Don't you think that whenever his mother sees him play basketball, she's like, put that thing back in your mouth. Stop playing with it. <laughs> I wonder what it's like to be the mother of Donald Trump. <laughs> I wonder what about Hillary Clinton? <laughs> okay, never mind. I wonder what it's like to be the mother of Jesus. Do you ever think about that? I wonder how Mary felt when she told her mother about the angel. I wonder how Mary felt when the Magi showed up with really good gifts for her son. I wonder how Mary felt when she had to pack for Egypt. I wonder how Mary felt when she realized she was mothering the Son of God. No pressure. I wonder how Mary felt about Mary had a little lamb. You don't think that's about Mary and her little lamb? You don't think about it. I wonder how Mary felt when she realized her first child would be her easiest. I wonder how Mary felt when her 12-year-old son schooled her in the ways of God in the temple. I wonder how Mary felt when Jesus first left home. I wonder how Mary felt the first time she heard someone mock Jesus. I wonder how Mary felt when she stood outside a stranger's full house thinking her son was crazy. Or when Jesus asked that crowd in that house, who is my mother? I wonder how Mary felt when she heard Jesus teach, honor your father and mother. I wonder how Mary felt when she realized people would sing songs about her. I wonder how Mary felt when she heard someone call out to Jesus, Blessed is the woman who gave you birth and who nursed you. 
I wonder how Mary felt when she heard that Jesus had walked on water. I wonder how Mary felt when she asked Jesus to make wine at a wedding, and he did. I wonder how Mary felt when she realized that Jesus would never get married. I wonder how Mary felt when she sensed her son had a death wish. I wonder how Mary felt when she realized that her first child would be her hardest. I wonder how Mary felt when they beat him. I wonder how Mary felt when she stood at the foot of his cross. I wonder how Mary felt on Saturday. And I wonder how Mary felt on Sunday morning. Wonder. It's, it's all wrapped up in motherhood. And I wonder about it. I wonder where the word mama came from. Besides, it's the second easiest word to say right behind Big Poppy. I wonder how many good moms were recorded in the Bible. I wonder how many bad moms were recorded in the Bible. I wonder who gave mother-in-law a bad name. I wonder how Eve made it through childbirth and child raising without having a mother to lean on. I think wonder is the word for mother. I think wonder is the word for conception. I think wonder is the word for mother's milk. I think wonder is the word for infants who dream of only one thing, mother's milk. And they smile. You guys just leave that one up. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Wonder is the joy of holding a baby close enough to see their face, to look down into their eyes. Wonder is the nature of a baby's hand wrapped around your finger. Wonder is grandma or Grammy or Granny or Mimi or Gigi or Oma or Uma or Oprah or whatever name you give to the grandmother. (laughs) Wonder is mother and son relationships. Wonder is mother and daughter relationships. Wonder is intergenerational moments. Wonder is the idea that Jesus described himself as a mother when he said to the city of Jerusalem, so many times I've wanted to gather you under my wings as a mother hen gathers her chicks. 
Wonder is such an appropriate word for Mother's Day and for mothering. Wonder describes life as full. And what do mothers want? They want a life that's full. They want a life that's wonder, full. It's what they want. And of course, what they end up with is a life that's full of dirty diapers and sleepless nights and making lunches and doing laundry and, and having the teenage years and then sending those teenagers off to college. And if you want to be a mom and you're not one yet, you hear that list and you go, oh, that sounds wonderful. And if you're a mom already, you hear that list, you go, that just sounds full. And some of you go, you're a man, you're not even qualified to talk about this. (laughs) True enough, but I have a Savior who has elevated the role of mothers in this world in thousands of ways, one of which being that he chose, when he came into this world as Messiah, he chose to come by means of a mother. That's not how the Jews expected him to show up. But he came through a mother. All through the scriptures, you find that Jesus elevates the role of women and he elevates the role of mothers. For example, the very first person he appeared to after his resurrection was not a man. Like you would expect if you understood Jewish laws of legality and evidence. First person he showed up to was a woman who was probably a mother. We've been studying lately here at Lakeside the Paul's letter to the Roman uh, church, the letter to the Romans, and we're taking a little break these days. We're going to come back to it. Don't worry. We're just breaking it up a little bit. But at the end of that letter in chapter 16, it's a list that Paul's giving of greetings to everybody in the church of Rome that he knows about, and he starts off that list with the name of a mother named Phoebe. And he elevated her above everyone else. The New Testament puts such a prominent uh, role, place for women that Paul said this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. He said, There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. It's about wonder. I love King David as he was writing through the Psalms, and he's, he's writing songs for the people of Israel to sing. And one of the songs that he wrote was one that we call something very creatively, Psalm 139. And in Psalm 139, you can look this up if you want to. In Psalm 139, he's writing a prayer by way of a song to God. And here's what he says in Psalm 139, verse 13, talking to God, he says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. 
I've had a front row seat in this journey with my daughter as she has um, uh, conceived and then, and then this baby has grown inside of her over these last nine months and it's been 25 or 26 years since I've had that close of a, of a, of a look into this journey. And when I was a young man and, and Donna was having our children, you know, I, I don't know if this is true for every young man, but for me it's like life's pressing in and there's a lot of things to do and you've got to keep the house going and keep the job going and keep everything moving and there's not a lot of time to stop sometimes and just watch what's happening, but there's a lot more time for that when you're a grandpa. And I've got to watch as my daughter has grown with this baby and I am a first person participant in the wonder of it they were out to Folsom last weekend and I had a moment with my daughter and I said hey sweetie what what's the most wonderful thing about this what what part of this whole pregnancy journey and now having your son what's what's the thing that has filled you with the greatest wonder about this and she said when your milk comes in Who knew? But you know what? Of course that's amazing. Of course that's a system that God designed. And sweetie, you have the capacity to feed your child. Of course that's amazing. I hadn't thought about it like that. At least not for 26 years. When Breck was with us uh, the weekend before she gave birth, she was actually in labor at our house, but we didn't know it. A lot of contractions, you know, but there's all, all the fake ones and Braxton Hick th- Hicks things and all, you know, whatever. All the confusing part. She's in labor right there in front of us. Then she went home and had the baby. I got a front row seat to that. You know, when David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and I was knit together by God in my mother's womb, that's true of every single one of us. And it's part of the wonder of creation. It's part of the wonder of God. What's interesting, when David writes these psalms that describe his life and, and it, from conception forward, he describes life and he describes how, how much women and moms in particular have an outsized influence in this world. In Psalm 86, he writes a prayer to God. And in this prayer, He's describing how his life is being threatened by outsiders and by enemies who are surrounding him. He's aware of his poverty and he's aware of his need and he's aware of his own brokenness as he writes this psalm. And then in Psalm 86 verse 16, he says this as he calls out to God for mercy on him. He says, God, turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength in behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you just as my mother did. Save me because I serve you just as my mother did. Okay, quick Bible quiz. What's the name of David's mother? All you Bible scholars, what's the, what's the name of David's mother? Teresa, oh, that's a different mother. Nice, that's a nice try, though, but er, thank you for playing. No, what was David's mother's name? Okay, huh. 
How about David's father? What was David's father's name? Jesse. Boom. Right. Now, what was his mother's name? Mrs. Jesse. No. <laughs> well, it's a good try. That's good. I like that one. That's good. Uh, Pastor John thinks uh, David's mom was called Jesse's girl. John has a musical answer for everything. The Bible doesn't tell us David's mother's name. I'm like, are you kidding me? Here's, some, here's like one of the most important men in Israeli history, in Jewish history, one of the most important characters in the history of the planet. And the Bible, which is all about recording that faith story, doesn't tell us the name of David's mother. But David tells us about her influence. He says, God save me because I serve you just like my mother did. Not like my dad did. He doesn't talk about his dad right there. You don't know about, you don't know about Jesse's spiritual life. You don't know about Jesse's passion for God. You know that he was engaged in the community of Israel, but you don't know what his life was like in relationship to God. But when David said, David, who was a man after God's own heart, when he said, God, save me because I serve you just as one of my parents, he chose his mother. Why? Because mother had an outsized influence on his journey of faith. Man, you can have an influence in the lives of your children. You can have an influence in the lives of other people around you in their journey of faith. But it just seems to me that there's no one who has more power to influence faith than mothers. I don't know how many stories of mothers I have heard where the mother said, uh, I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for my son. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for my daughter. And in the life of that child, son or daughter, they turn back and they give credit to their mom. They said, my mom changed my life. David said, my mom changed my life. We don't even know her name. But he said, my mom changed my life in my journey of faith. I serve you just as my mother did. Paul tells us the same thing happened in his young protege, Timothy. Paul had trained up Timothy to be a pastor, but then they parted ways, and Timothy was a pastor of a church, we believe, in Ephesus. And Paul writes this in 2 Timothy chapter 1 to his friend Timothy. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. He goes, Timothy, I remember your faith. Man, in this, in this world of sarcasm, in this world of irony, you have a sincere faith. And it started in your grandma. And it came through your mother. And it blossomed in you. Ladies, you have an outside proportion, an outsized capacity to influence this world for Christ's sake. I invite you to step into it, lean into it, use the power God has given to you to change your world. And I pray for you this year that this would be a year 
of wonder. <laughs> Not now. All right, let's pray together. God in heaven, you're so amazing. <laughs> you're so amazing, and you have created such beauty in this world and, and such wonder in this world. We could go on forever talking about and enjoying the things you've created that could create wonder. But Lord, on this day, we're grateful. We're grateful for moms. We're grateful for the women in our lives in us and around us, and Lord, I would ask for them that this would be a year of wonder, that every day when they get up, they would stop and go, God, where is the wonder today? Where will the wonder come from in my life today? And where will I plant wonder into this world today? Lord, bless all of us, but especially bless those among us who are women, those who are mothers. May they live in your wonder. Thank you. Amen.